0: Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen. We are once again live down here in the Bear Cave Studios for another episode of the Sports Frenzy Podcast, The Frenzy. With me, your host, Freddie Aloso, with my co-host, Joey the Eagle. What's going on, Joe?
1: You, my friend, get a slow clap for getting the name of the show right. The second time.
0: The second time. It's been a while, so that's why I uh, wasn't super fresh in my head. But what's been going on, man? Just let all our fans know, we're sorry we took about a month off. You know, schedules have been crazy. Work, school, all that good stuff. But we are back live and in color, giving you guys all the latest in sports. So Joe, tell us what's been going on, man.
1: As you know, I mean, not by the background. Well, I guess I used to do it by the window, so maybe the background. Moved. That's nice. Hopefully going to get some cool little flags on my background, too, eventually when the when the basement gets finished. Uh, Adopted a fur baby who's taken up entirely too much of my time, but we still love him Uh, in between school, work. You know how it is, man. But I'm still managing to get that fix, watching some football, basketball. So we're going to get all into that, some UFC action, too. So I'm excited, man. It's going to be dope.
0: Yeah, man, it's been crazy. We had UFC this past weekend, Conor McGregor, Cowboy Cerrone. If you paid for it, you paid for about 40 seconds of a main event, S- similar to the Tyson days. What you, do you think of that main event? Well,
1: I was sitting, I was actually watching it with my boy David. And uh, before the, the the fight started, and typical old man fashion, I took a nap between their fight and the two fights prior to. Yeah, knocked out for a complete forty forty five minute clip. So I felt good. I felt refreshed. He woke me up when the other starts fighting. Start starts uh, when the other fights were starting. So it was good. I told him. I said the way Cowboy fights, the way McGregor fights, this fight about to be quick. Cause they go in there. They're both known for going in there and throwing blows. He said he wanted to see Cowboy win, and I understand that perspective. But I told him, Cowboy can't go in there reckless like that. He can't go in there swinging with this man because that's what Connor's good at. He's good at throwing hands, you know, throwing shots. Now, I agree that he had a big layover, and maybe that layover would cause him to have some type of uh, time discrepancy as far as being able to, to lay the wood on them. But, but 19 out of 20 is pretty damn efficient. And that shoulder that shoulder shrug, that shoulder lean that he was hitting him with coming out the gate, that was something serious. He
0: was tearing them up, man. That for the forty seconds of that fight, you alluded to it. 19 for 20, right? On strike yeah, 90 efficiency. 90. That shoulder shrug was insane. There was tons of big names at that fight, sitting on the cage side for the main
1: event. Yo, with but what's crazy is? I don't know if it was because of the Crocodile Dundee hat that he had on, but they were showing love to all the famous people, and one of them was Miles Garrett sitting right by Baker Mayfield, and they didn't even... nothing. Not, oh, and he's accompanied by, not, oh, look, he's sitting by... nothing. Just shout out to Miles Garrett, put his name on the TV, gave the little presidential wave, and Baker Mayfield looked like his adopted stepson sitting next to him.
0: What was even funnier than that, you had the Backstreet Boy right behind him, Nick Carter... Zero mention. Had it been 1998, it would have been flipped. It would have been all about Nick Carter, the Backstreet Boy, but it was like, oh, he's in the background. No one knows who this guy is. I definitely
1: Listen, those two got in for free. He paid for his ticket. That's the difference. Yeah,
0: 100%. Now, we had Kamara Usman in that fight. We had... He was outside the cage. We had... Um, Jorge Masvidal outside the cage. Both of them waiting their shot at McGregor, possibly. He shot it out. He said everybody could get it. But according to the UFC, what's next for Conor is the winner of Khabib and Tony Ferguson. What do you think of that?
1: I wish they, I hope they reconsider. I really think right now you got to strike while the iron's hot, and what I mean by that is we've all seen what Khabib does to people, right? He's going to do it to Tony Ferguson, and if you put him in the ring with the Irishman again, the same thing's going to happen. He's going to tear his ass up. So why not let him fight Masvidal off this high? You know, McGregor looked great this fight. He looks like he's quote-unquote back, taking his training seriously. I think it would be smart for the UFC to put him in with Masvidal for the MFB title, let them fight it out. It's going to draw numbers. I mean, with the way Connor talks and the way Masvidal talks, those pressers are going to be something serious. They get in the ring. If Connor wins, then he gets to fight Khabib. I really don't think he should be able to just hop in the the ring again with Khabib, and I really think they'll be shortchanging themselves because I think he's going to get his ass worked. Again, and then where do you go from there, you know? I feel like he was already, this fight was so big for him because if he came out and looked flat, he came out and got his ass kicked or even lost by a decision, it's a wrap. Like, yeah, he would still have streams of income from, like, whatever, his, his liquor brand and just him as an individual being who he is, being able to sell out things. Um, but I just think him as a UFC fighter, he really needed this win, and the fact that he came out so dominant was awesome. But again... They should ride that wave, let him fight Masvidal, work his way up to Khabib again. They shouldn't just throw him at Khabib because Khabib's just going to kick his ass.
0: I 100% agree with you. I think he should go... The fight lasted 40 seconds. He doesn't need a crazy training camp. You can give him a, a month, two months, let him come back in April, same time that Khabib's fighting Ferguson, run him and Masvidal, and if he gets past hospital yeah, cool listen, bet. Then but I don't think he know, even gets by hospital to be honest.
1: You know what would be crazy, bro? Put him on the same card. <sighs> I know I know it won't work out monetarily because, you know, and and ego wise, they're gonna wanna nah, this is you know, this is my main event, I should mm-hmm. be in but if you could get both of them on the same card, all of them in the same semi you know weight division they can fight all of each other you know there's going to be bad energy in the building bro if i could see that fight you could you could you could probably double up on the um pay per view numbers and fee for, that they're going to charge to watch that fight and i know people still buy it cuz that would be a dope ass card
0: i completely agree with you man i think you get if if you got them all in one spot, it would take away from the pay-per-view buys for the UFC. So I don't think logistically they would do it, just because Not they they would want to keep they would want to get all the revenue from Khabib and Tony, and then they'd want to get all the revenue from Conor and Masvidal, because both of those are gonna put over at least over a million buys each, and you're gonna you're gonna get all that money back in return, double.
1: Listen, you say that and I agree with you, but I'm just saying if timing wise this was towards the end of the year where they like to throw that big card end the year right, that would be that would be pretty sweet.
0: Oh, it it goes right up there with their uh you know how normally they do that huge Fourth of July card? If you did that yeah. on Fourth of July would be ridiculous. Absolutely insane. But also on that card, I don't know if you got to see it, but we had Macy Barber, she was on that card. She blew out her ACL
1: Hmm.
0: in the middle of her fight against Roxanne Montefiore, I believe, is her last name. You the heart
1: name, so I'm going to leave that up to you, bro. I can't.
0: But it was crazy just to see how much heart this chick had. She is probably their biggest contender coming up right now. You know, she's the cash cow. She's the one that they want to push, that they want to get behind. But she just served her first loss in the octagon where she fought, I want to say probably about 75 to 80% of that fight on one leg.
1: Forget about fighting on one leg. I mean, I don't know if everyone's experienced knee pain. I never completely tore my ACL. I partially tore an MCL. And just walking on it hurt bro just like i can't even imagine i know your your um your adrenaline's running but you got to be a different breed to go out there and think you're gonna try and kick someone's ass on you know on two good knees let alone the one good knee that she had in a sport like that man there's no way in hell i'm gonna let somebody get in there because you know they ain't gonna take it easy on you no way. Going, Oh, that's the knee that hurts come here come here let me let me test that out real quick one 100%. of these one of these sidekicks so i give I give her credit. Um, It's just like when I see football players go out there and you like uh, Watson, the tight end on the Patriots, I know he didn't have a great year uh, this year, but it came out that he played most of the year on a torn Achilles, which I don't even know how that's physically uh, possible. So, yeah, man, these professional athletes, I think a lot of people, they see the fame it brings, the money it brings, and by no means am I saying that that's not that's not something that they're in it for. But the fact remains, man, these people are different. They just just wired different. Most people, I'm telling you, most people wouldn't be able to get out of bed with the injury that she fought a couple rounds on.
0: It's true, man. And the doctor came in, checked her out, said she had a partially torn ACL. And she was like, nah, I'm good, let me go. She didn't want to get taken out of the fight. Most fighters would have been like, yo, I'm done. But she's a different breed, heart of a champion, She's out for nine months, at least now, so we wish a speedy recovery, and uh, we look forward to seeing her back in the cage, man.
1: For real.
0: So now, let's jump over to MLB. The MLB has been full of news as of late. We've had the- Listen,
1: the one thing I will say, though, not to cut you off, there's been a lot of, especially MLB fans, complaining that the MLB don't get a lot of news. The MLB, you know, their off-seasons are boring. I tell you what. Got a lot of news now. It ain't been boring.
0: Yeah, it's been crazy, man. We had the suspensions come down from the Astros cheating scandal. Nothing happened to the players. Uh, GM for the Astros fired. Coach fired. Alex Cora, who was involved with it, did it with the Red Sox the year after, won the World Series, fired. Carlos Beltran, who was a part of it as a player, just got a job with the Mets. Fired. I believe everybody has been banned from the league for a year. Now, I I want to get your thoughts because, yes, the suspensions are necessary. In the words of Jorge Masvidal, hashtag super necessary. But we got, um, we got all the players who were involved in it, benefit from it. Nothing happened to them. Most say it's because of the players' union who has their back and won't let them get penalized. But they come off like a a bit of arrogant assholes now. If you hear some of their responses to what's been said and them cheating and what do you think of all that?
1: So from what I heard, the biggest thing for baseball is they weren't Going to be able to understand how deep each player was down the rabbit hole and that they wouldn't know how to justifiably punish one player longer or shorter than the other that's a load of crock shit (laughs) because what you're doing is saying listen pro you could do whatever you want as long as the GM and coach don't know what's going on you're not going to get in trouble you're good so what's going to stop me as a player on a team if I want to cheat, saying, listen, guys, we just got to make sure we keep this under wraps from the coaches and the GM. Now, I understand that coaches and the GMs are around enough that they should be able to pick up on stuff like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: But I don't think these penalties th- – these penalties will make it so coaches and GMs are on the lookout, it, on the lookout for it more, but I don't think this is going to stop the players from doing anything you know they are walking around it and and these players these players should be suspended i know they were saying oh well some players are on on new teams okay so suspend them on the new teams i completely agree you have to do it i understand and listen i'm a yankees fan so the last thing i want to see is cole get suspended Especially for a pitcher who you don't know, he wasn't a hitter, so you don't know how much he really benefited from this all. But you have to come down hard on something like this. You cannot let the players slide because now players are going to think that they could do whatever the hell they want. And to be honest with you, if I'm a player, I'm looking at it and I'm like, why not? Let's try it. The story is that happens. The GM gets fired.
0: The yeah. coach see, gets fired. They feel untouchable at this point.
1: Exactly. So I think the whole the whole not suspending players thing is kind of weak to me. Um, I think Carlos Beltran and these teams trying to make it seem like they came to an agreement together that they were going to both, you know, that he was going to step down because he wouldn't be able to coach the team properly. That's just putting lipstick on a pig. They probably walked in there. You know what's funny? And I forgot who mentioned it, but I think it's it's true in that. I don't think the Mets were ever going to can Carlos Beltran once they heard that he, as a player, because this is all when it happened, was not going to be punished. I think they were going to ride it out. I think think they were going to go, okay, listen, he did it as a player, but now he's a manager, he's in a different role, he's learning from his spakes, yada, yada, yada. Eyewash, we win this year, no one cares. Then all of a sudden they get called in to the MLB office. Very next day, my man loses his job. You don't think that when they walked in there, they said, listen, he is not going to be your GM, coach, whatever. He's not He's not going to be affiliated with you guys after what? Basically, you know, he's one of the only players that was brought up by name. He was, like, supposedly the ringleader yeah. of it all. And if you think about how long he's been in baseball and how many teams he's been on, don't tell me this is the first time he's done it. Exactly. Which, exactly. You know what I'm sense. saying? This is, this is nothing new they probably just learned different ways to go about it. And now you got to call everything into question. Like, they were bringing up the Jose Altuve not wanting his jersey to be ripped off because his wife supposedly doesn't like... I don't know. I guess she got a chest fetish and she only wants... You know, he's never been to a pool before (laughs) in his life where someone has only seen him, you know...
0: Wasn't he in the body issue? Wasn't he in one of the... I might not I may be mistaken but
1: I uh, I know you keep, keep those hung on your wall but here bro you know I keep it clean wow, PG for the kids you know right, what I'm saying alright go, uh, go ahead <laughs> Um, yeah I think that was a load of, load of horse you know what I, I just think man it's unfortunate there listen sign stealing that stuff's not new right.
0: but there everybody are everybody
1: does it there are, it's a fine line between cheating and gamesmanship and they didn't just tow it bro they ran right through it yep
0: one so hundred. I just think at the end of the day
1: man They got it right with the GMs and the coaches But the players getting off scot-free to me Is just weak And them not being able to find an excuse to Suspend certain players longer than us Alright cool If you can't Suspend them all the same length yeah, you I, can, got, I you completely got to agree do
0: they, they should have gotten something But I think it's a slippery slope with the players union And that's That's why I think they got nothing They got off scot-free and that's why they're so brash about it and they don't give they give zero F's about what everybody says right now they're going to answer questions about it or it's going to get brought up all spring training all throughout the year and it, they're just not going
1: to care yeah but, and I had a, um just one more thing on that too I, I, I was listening to a couple people especially with us being in New York and the Patriots always come up there's a couple people that were calling in to some of the radio shows and they were comparing this to what the Patriots did in Spygate. Bro, for me, what the Patriots did, especially with the footballs, man, to me, that's, you know, in in the games they won, they could have went out there with no cleats on and beat the team. You know what I'm saying? Like, for me, if you heat up a ball, it's like in basketball. Certain players like to, like a softer ball a little feathery mm-hmm. on the on the jump shot easier to handle some people like more bouncing the ball for me that was more on the line of towing the lines of gamesmanship than what they did again I think what the Astros did straight cheating like if you're science stealing that's one thing but if you got you know they, they said there might even be that that wiring mechanism that lets you know what pitch is coming in yep. and I think you're going to be able to see it man because these players numbers were astronomical home at home it
0: was one. ridiculous absolutely so ridiculous when,
1: So these players, the Springers, the Eltubes, the Carreras, you got to pay attention to their batting and their slugging percentage this year. And trust me, if one of them decides to struggle, have an off year, because in baseball, some players just have one year where they're just like, oh, shit, yeah, I didn't know what I was doing that year, but I'm back next. Bro, these players, if they struggle with any of their numbers this year, Talk about a big asterisk next to their name.
0: Now, look out for all these players, the Bregrins, the Altuves, Correas, all these guys to start getting hit a little bit more. And fights to break out more with the Astros and other teams, you're going to start seeing stuff pop off.
1: So, actually, I have another question for you. Right. So, I understand that this was for the benefit of the hitters. But I do feel like, It's interesting when a player like Verlander can go to them, and he's washed up supposedly, and all of a sudden he gets 10 miles added to his fastball, Mm -hmm. and his arm looks great again, and he's striking out people. And a lot of people were saying, well, how are the Astros doing it with these pitchers? They're getting older pitchers that used to be dominant and turning them back into dominant pitchers. If they were looking for ways to give a bit of an unfair advantage to their hitters, I'm sure it didn't just stop at that. Oh
0: 100% I'm sure so I'm know. very
1: I'm very yeah. interested to know how the hell these pitchers were able to revive their careers the way they've been doing um, cuz you just don't add 10 miles to your fastball when you're 40 going on 41 just because you changed to uh the keto diet
0: yeah. It's crazy man uh, do that, I don't bro.
1: I I don't know how they did it
0: Verlander went from Washed up, to Cy Young Award winner, insane, but uh, I guess time will tell. Now that new new coaches, more scrutiny on them, more eyes. It's going to be interesting to see what happens there. But we also had the national championship game. College LSU went in and thumped Clemson, and that's in that second half. Joe Burrow's ran away with it. Over, number one overall pick coming out of college next year. Hands
1: down. Never, listen, twofold on this, right? Mm-hmm. Never in my life have I seen one player do what Joe Burroughs done. And I'm not talking about so much from a statistical point of view, although that can be argued. He probably had. I know the playoffs isn't that old, but it's going to be a long time before you see a quarterback put up the numbers he was able to put up within collectively within that playoff uh, Run So, shout out to Joe Burrow. But he wasn't even on draft boards before this year. It's true. Fifth and round, all maybe? A sudden, and all of a sudden, Cincinnati kid, or an Ohio, yeah, an Ohio kid, mm-hmm. going to go home, play for the Bengals. You can etch that one in Sharpie. Uh, that, that, to me, is crazy. The, the jump he made from being not on a draft board to going non, number one overall. This is also the reason that when players that are eligible from the, for the draft Go back into school to improve their draft stock. This is the main reason why. And if you're a top five, top ten pick, man, you got to get the hell out of there. Because there's yeah. quarterbacks like Atua, who I'm not mm-hmm. saying he should have went early because I know he wasn't eligible to go. But you see some players like you have an ETN right now out of Clemson who's mm-hmm. going back to Clemson. I'm sure he feels like there's unfinished business. And you know what? If that's what he wants to do, God bless him. You know, but you got players like again, a Joe Burrow somewhere out there who's not on anybody's radar that's gonna go blow up everything. Right. So, I think this draft is gonna be extremely interesting. Uh, the national championship game. I mean, I thought Trevor Lawrence hasn't lost a game
0: Two since years. what middle school? Yeah.
1: Yeah. He he's and he's sensational. He's another guy that's that's going to go, you know, number one overall next year, knock on knock on wood. Yeah. Uh, but you just saw LSU come out, and I think it was a big uh, – Les Miles was the name of the coach before yep. Ed Ogeron, Miles. right? Yep. And his yep. biggest thing was he could always get all the athletes from that area because you know it's a hotbed. But he was never able to put an offense on the field that scared anybody. Even when he had the likes of Leonard Fournette, they still weren't offensive juggernauts. So for Ed Ogeron to go there – and be able to, to keep that talent on the defensive end because he got some straight studs back there. Yes, he does. And then implement an offensive system uh, that was just eating people alive. Shout out to them, and they're not going to be going any anywhere anytime soon. LSU, man, they're here to stay. They they have a tremendous program, and they ripped through Clemson.
0: Yeah, they, <laughs> they ripped through them. They're going to be getting recruits. Ed Orgeron, shout out to them. Our boy from the U came from the U coaching tree, um, but I bet
1: you USC felt like they should have kept him, huh? Yeah, they didn't want to give him the job last year. Exactly, but they should have
0: held.
1: On.
0: They should have held on to him. Now he's national championship. But there were some discrepancies after the national championship when Odell Beckham was out there wilding out. This man I'm was honest, up in the. He was in the stands walling out. He was in the locker room walling out. Apparently from reports, he interrupted Orgeron's post-game speech in the locker room and was walling out there slapping police officers in the ass, um, getting arrest warrants put out for him, giving money to players. It's very, very slippery slope that he's riding so, right
1: now. This... <sighs> this really pisses me off. I usually defend this guy. You You know that. I normally, I normally am right there saying, bro, listen, people are just bugging out because it's Odell. Like, you know, I know he's got a a track record of... Because my my whole thing was he never really did anything illegal. I know there was that one time where he was with that girl, and it may or may not have been coke-like substances involved in the video, this, that, and the third, but he's never been pinched for anything illegal. So, yeah, it might be a bad optic that he went out on a booze cruise or whatever with his boys uh before the green bay game but he never did again anything that put him in any type of legal trouble right but this mother lover here fred one of the greatest things about watching college football that i absolutely love especially national championship games is looking on the sidelines of former players that have played at that university they're cheering them on right and you saw that you, you saw an LSU sideline. He was with some hitters, man. It was him. I know Zeke played at Ohio State, Ohio State but Zeke was there. And I like being able to see those players interacting with the, with the youth and the, mm-hmm. and, and the younger players that are going to be going into the league. To me, I've always liked watching that.
0: It's something that our boys at the U started coming back and giving back
1: to that next generation. Yo, this guy ended that. I guarantee you, I guarantee you that they are going to be extremely strict going forward on who they let on their sidelines. And it's all because he cannot get the hell out of the way. Bro, yeah. this is not about you. Exactly. This is this is about the kids, man. And, and for those that are like, oh, nah, you know, he was just feeling himself, he was excited, and he didn't... First of all, you're a grown-ass man, bro. Act like one. Yeah. You know, you know that you can't be handing out money to these players as they're walking off the field. You, you know that. the cameras. Like, my man, that, what are you doing? That's, but listen, that's my point. If if he was coming from this perspective of, well, you know, I know some of these kids are struggling and they did a lot for the program, so I wanted to help them out. I get it, bro. But when you went ahead and did it in front of the cameras on the field, you made the decision to make it about yourself.
0: Yep.
1: Okay? You you could have done that, you know. I know he hooked them all up with, um, and it was legal because it was under a certain amount of uh, dollars per player but he hooked him up with like a Bose Odell Beckham LSU some some gift before the game yeah, that's the, dope the
0: headphones yeah mm-hmm.
1: it's awesome that's a great that he did that for those kids and if you want to slip him money because let's be honest we know all these kids is getting paid one way or another mm-hmm. I'm cool with that too yeah. bro slip but it in you, the headphones leave it there and that's it yeah, you can't you can't go onto the field and do that? And now you're gonna take away one of the great things that college football has to offer, which again is the players, that former players and, and big-time NFL players being able to be on the sideline and supporting their their you know their former institutions. So I'm I'm really pissed off at him for doing that, man. I I do think the warrant out for his arrest was a little bit much. Although I will answer. say this, and I told you this too, right? And mm-hmm. I know. I know uh, I don't think he would have done it but I at first I was like damn he really put out an arrest warrant for him but if that security guard officer and again I don't think he would have done it but if that security guard officer was a was a woman and he did that oh it's a wrap it's a wrap yeah you know what I'm saying so by the letter of the law yeah dude you can't go around doing that to people and you know that is being recorded so I just feel like he acted, he totally screwed that shit up, man. And he he fumbled the ball on that one, man. And next year, watch. Next year when those sidelines are a lot quieter, you don't see all the famous people, you know, they're on the sidelines cheering them on. It's going to be for that reason. And well, that's now,
0: now I wonder if they're going to do that across the board or if it's going to be strictly for him. Because if you look back, it's never been an incident. It's never been a problem. Now will LSU come down and be like, look, Odell, you can't be on the sidelines no more.
1: You know what? I hope they do it just on an individual basis, just for him.
0: Right.
1: But you know how the NCAA likes to rule with an iron fist.
0: Yeah.
1: 100%. So with them, it's often once it's happened once, it'll never happen again, and they'll and they'll make sure that you know there's no opportunity for anyone else to do it. So
0: let's see what happens. Now. We also have the Derek King sweepstakes going on right now. Tomorrow is the deadline right here.
1: We, gonna, we, we got it in the back. We don't have a quarterback, Fred.
0: I hope so, man. All signs are pointing that the King is coming to the U. If that is the case, if it's 100% signed sealed delivered, everything is saying it's tentative right now. But if it's a done deal and he comes to the U... Joe, that finally gives us a quarterback to
1: move in the right direction with this offense. Listen, make no mistake about it. We lost a lot of recruits this recruiting cycle. I think we're down to 15th. We just picked up a four-star corner, though. Yes, we do. That should be coming in with this class, which is nice. There's also another
0: uh, graduate transfer that said he will come if King signs with the Kings.
1: And this is, to me, why it's so important that you – Quarterback is the position on the field that if you don't have a stud there, these kids are not going to want to go. Yeah. Because they want to win. You know what I'm saying? I know that there's players that are like, damn, I would love to go to Miami, but you know their quarterback situation's been a mess since I know Brad Kaya had a couple good years. We had Jacoby Harris who I liked, Um, but it's been a while since I saw a Miami game and said, yo, that was a that was an NFL like throw. And I'm not saying this kid is going to go, you know be the next you know the second coming of, of Trevor Lawrence since you were just speaking about him but he's definitely a threat a yeah. dual threat quarterback and he's someone that's going to be able to take advantage of a lot of athletes that we've had and that we have on the current roster and use them to the best of their abilities because for example the, the uh, I forgot the name of the tight end that was out of Las Vegas that was supposed to come to Miami and then flip yeah. bro if I'm a t- if I'm a tight end and your quarterback room is a mess I'm out why am I going?
0: And especially I what's need- been going on with our quarterback room, partying, exactly. not taking it serious. And we just got a new uh, offensive coordinator, the offensive coordinator for SMU. He comes over with his, I believe they were top 10 ranked offensive, passing and yards and all that stuff, top 10. We're going to have to get our our good friend uh, Dan Spiegel back on, give us an update of the state of the U. It's been a little long, and he's got that inside track, so we'll have to get him back on soon.
1: Yeah, hopefully hopefully, uh, once the announcement comes out, we can have him on shortly after that. I'm sure he'll be uh, he'll be pretty hyped to talk about it. Yeah, for sure.
0: Now, let's jump into the N- NBA. It's We're almost through about halfway through the season. We're getting close. Um, we've got... The Houston Rockets kind of slowly imploding a little bit. We've got Chandler Parsons looking like he's done for his career with the accident that he had, where the D um, the DUI D-Y. driver hit him and the injuries that he sustained. He's he's done. Um, what other news we got going on, Joe?
1: I mean. I think... And I don't want to just glance over it, man. It's really unfortunate that Chandler Parsons was in that accident. Yeah, um, I used to be a big fan of his, watching him when he was a Florida Gator, uh, tearing it up in college, uh, yeah. and coming into the league, you know, um, played on, like, Memphis. So you know, I was always a fan of his game. So I really... I really hope, you know, prayers is with him that he's able to get back on the court. First and foremost, I hope that he's able to have a normal life. I, I hope that this doesn't inhibit him from being able to enjoy, you know, his family and friends, because obviously basketball is put on the back burner until then. So yeah, again, prayers and hopefully that he can get back on the court as soon as possible. But to the basketball point of view, I mean, there's a couple storylines out there that I think are very interesting. Being a Miami Heat fan, I think it's pretty cool that we're sitting second in the East right now, if I'm not mistaken, with the team we've had. Because going into the season, I know we had Jimmy Butler and a couple promising players. But to think that we'd be sitting, again, it's not the West. I get it. All right, we wouldn't be second in the West. But the fact that they're second in the East, I think, is is pretty cool considering they've had players like Bam Adebayo step up and could be an all-star this year. Uh, Tyler Hero, uh, we watched the draft together. I'll be honest, I wasn't crazy about the draft selection, mainly because in Kentucky... The problem is sometimes you get these players that would be star players in other um, on other teams uh, collegiately, but because there's so many good players that go to these blue blood uh, teams like Kentucky, Duke, uh, Arizona's, yeah. you, you don't get a chance to really see their full game. And that's what happened to Bam out of Bayou. Uh, a lot of people didn't know that he was able to handle the ball, he was able to hand the way he was able to handle it, or uh, pass on the fast break the way he's been able to 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 pass the ball. I think he's. A perfect example of the modern-day big man, slightly undersized. Um, He's he's about 6'8", 6'9", but can do it all on the court. Uh, And they've had a player like Kendrick Nunn, who, at a Simeon High School, which is the same high school that produced Derrick Rose, Jabari Parker. uh, This kid was, was on, I think he got cut two or three times. GMs were basically going up to his... Uh, his manager at the time and saying, listen, this kid doesn't have what it takes. He's never going to be an NBA player. Not even that he's going to be on the G League or on the bench, my man. They were saying, you don't have a spot in this league. It's out. You're out. You know it's what out. I'm saying? And I remember watching him in the summer league. And again, it is the summer league. I get it. But there NBA quality players still out there. There's rookies, second-year players. And he was balling. Right. And then he had right. that 44-point explosion last preseason game uh, against the Houston Rockets who played some of their starters for some minutes. Um, and then they they signed him to a two- or three-year deal shortly after that, and he's in the running for Rookie of the Year. But Rookie of the Year is going to go to that boy, that boy John Grant.
0: Yep, 150%. He's calling out everybody. He's putting everybody Listen,
1: on notice. I know, I know there was not a lot of people that saw him. I mean, he, he did have his, his last year... In college, he did have some hype, so people were able to tune into the games. But he wasn't at a a major program. Um, so now you're getting to see the his skills displayed on a national stage, and you're seeing what everyone that watched him in college knew that he, knew that he was about. The kid's the kid's disgusting, bro. There's not Disgust. a weakness in his game. Yep. He's uber athletic, great passer, Bunch and most of all, man. Days. Yo, he's out there just having fun, bro. And it's crazy because I, very rarely do you see rookies play with the type of confidence he has. Like he was he was chatting over with James Harden hit a three, um, and James Harden didn't really contest it, almost like he was daring him to shoot the ball when he hit it. They zoom on to him telling, uh, I, I don't know if he was directing it towards his teammate or the other team, and he was like, you better fucking ask about me. Bro. Yeah. Like, bro, I, I'm here. And you see some of the ball handling that he does and some of the moves that he, he's pulled out and how he's caught. The kid's disgusting. Memphis hit a grand slam with drafting him. Um, I think another thing is, and I told you before the year started, this whole LeBron Washed argument that people were trying to bring up last year was hilarious, bro. Like, piss in my pants, fall off the chair funny. They try to label him injury prone. He had a groin injury.
0: And you what, know what, what was he? What was he gonna do? You're already out of the playoffs. Yo, take a year, take a year and chill, and just get your body right for next year when you know you're gonna now, be making a push. Now
1: he's got Anthony Davis, and they're sitting there tearing, you know, tearing people up left and right. Um, so I think the NBA, man, I think the NBA is in a good spot right now. You got a couple teams like uh, my West Coast Blazers out there. They're struggling a little bit, but Hoodie Melo's back. Yep. Melo, and I thought it was real cool. Listen, he went back to the garden. I thought it was cool, man. They showed him a lot of love. He deserved it. Yeah. You know, I know a lot of people um, shitted on him for a lack of a better word when he was when he was a Nick because he really, outside of one or two years where they were in playoff contention and had a had a good record, it w- it was a struggle for them. But this Joe's to show you he he should have been in the league, man. I, I, yeah. I, it's a two way street, though because it, i i remember the press conference when he was talking to paul george when he was on okc and one of the reporters asked him about coming off the bench he made some type of remark like hey pg man they think i'm coming off the bench so i do think him being out for this year was a very humbling experience for him because i was interested to see i mean he was coming to a blazers team while they have been struggling they have their two their two scores you know in the pecking order of where he is he's probably third right now um but he's used to being number one, so I was very interested to see how he would adjust to a to a ball dominant guard like Damian Lillard and C J. McCollum. Because as good as they are, if you look at the Blazers' numbers statistically, they're not a high assist team. So a lot of the, a lot of C J. McCollum's buckets come off of one on one one on one pick and rolls. So, so it's cool to see Melo back, man. So I think the NBA is in a good place. I'm, I'm excited to see how this uh, season turns out.
0: Now the season's just about to get better. Apparently, we have the return of Zion this week, the 22nd, I believe. So, that's Wednesday. Um, Zion's been getting some some not-so-favorable press this last week.
1: He, he pulling a Phil Jackson on the sideline.
0: Falling asleep three times, I think, two, three times Bro, the man, on the no, bench.
1: Listen. He's a growing child. He needs his sleep, bro. Everyone needs to leave I that man. Listen, listen. It. Ain't nothing worse than Eric Snow falling asleep while he was while he was broadcasting a game in the booth. It's true,
0: very true. Right? Didn't we have James Harden falling asleep on the sideline when he was Just laying say, on the floor?
1: He he's he's used to be. He's probably sleep snoring and sleeping on the sideline because he practiced hard before the game. Yeah. You know he opportunity again. He his pregame napping and nothing wrong with that. I do think it's funny how quickly people forget because there's a lot of people out there saying, "Oh man, you know the Pelicans messed up. They should have got that kid, Ja." Now, I'm not saying Ja would have been a bad pick, but if Zion's able to stay healthy, there's only ever been one Zion. There sure. has never been a height, weight, speed. Comparison to this man ever if you could take Charles Barkley and Sean Kemp And I'm put them into up. one person. Yeah, that's who you got the only player that I would liken him to as far as the 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 ferocity at which he plays at, is when Blake Griffin was coming out of a uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma.
0: Yep.
1: in college and I hope he takes a, a page out of his book you can play that aggressive, I'm going to put everybody in the rim style for a college, high school, 32-game season. But, bro, this is the NBA. Yeah, pace you know yourself. You 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 signing up for a marathon, not a sprint. So every once in a while when you get a dump down and you can just lay the thing off the glass and save that wear and tear on your knees, do it. Yeah. So I hope for the sake of him, basketball, us as fans, that – the medical staff there does everything in their power to make sure this man could get on the court because I'm telling you right now he's going to make play bro he made plays in college that ridiculous. didn't even make sense to Absolutely me ridiculous. And, and I'm yeah. not even talking about just dunks there was a play I guess I think it was against Virginia where they were swinging the ball and he was late to recover and the guy oh, I forgot who was in the corner about to shoot this jump shot doesn't matter He grabbed the ball. He was going to go shoot the three. Nobody was in his face. Nobody was even in the camera view. And he let the ball go. And, like, my eyes had to readjust because all of a sudden somebody's there and got a hand on it and blocked it, you know, blocked it out of bounds. I'm like, how the hell did he do that?
0: 100%.
1: So Zion, man, listen, Zion's going to be scary, bro. I think this this draft, when you look back in a couple years, you're going to be like, wow, we had two absolute studs Possibly more. I'm not saying that there's other players in this draft that don't have a chance to become something special, but I'm saying two, two players that you can look back on and go, "Damn, you know, they they really hit. They they Game really changers. hit the ball out of the park." Yep.
0: Yeah. Now, our bread and butter, our first love. NFL. No, no,
1: no, no. Listen, listen. This is my bread and butter. I am the king of the castle. Three oh, years running. Three One, years, running. Two, three. Three, three years sure. running. Three years. Yes.
0: After the the, the eight game King lead.
1: Me. Where's my jersey at?
0: You know I'm good. I'm a schmedium. I
1: want I'm my good. jersey.
0: I lost again, ladies and gentlemen. Thirty years in Tell me a row.
1: something I don't know. All that chirping, seven game lead, six game lead, it's walking so- around with your chest all out. Now you got a bird chest.
0: Yep. I will pay up my bet. You guys will see it again once again here on the... Frenzy. Listen, I'm
1: making it... Last year, uh, for our draft special, I wore the Damian Lillard jersey. I get it. It's kind of weird because we're doing a football thing, but I'm in a basketball jersey. But I'm going to make it a habit of every year I win just wearing that jersey for when we do... And not that particular jersey. I mean, the, the new jersey you going to buy me. I'm just going to wear it for the draft night let you, you know, see how it fits, remind you, thank you in person, and just remind you of the good deed you're doing for the community here at the uh, Osuna Residence. Nice, thanks man
0: So let's get into it Championship weekend has come and gone We had the Titans And the Chiefs Derrick Henry was supposed to run All over He was supposed to run rough shot Over the entire Chiefs defense They held him to seven, 70 yards
1: Don't you do that
0: 70 it's yards
1: ask, That is not fair to ask that man to do What he's been doing again and again and again it's There's true. a reason why he ran into no, a bus. No, I don't want to hear it. There's a reason why no one's done. He's made history. He has. Like people need to understand, bro. He got thirty plus carries for like three, four, five, six weeks in a row. I don't care who you are. You first of all, let's stop asking, acting like seventy yards is is terrible. He didn't go in there and rush for fifteen. Seventy yeah. yards is decent. It's decent. You know yes. what it is. We got freaking spoiled because we got used to his ass running for 165 yards. <laughs> it's true. What it comes down to is, I know the Chiefs have a bad rap on defense, especially their run defense.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But they had, but their defense towards the end of the year has been playing a lot better, yes, a lot better. And they are not a bad tackling defense. Uh, Sorenston made a couple great hits. I know he's been filling in for the rookie yeah. Hill. You got Ter- Tyron Matthew running out there. You got Clark. You got um, Terrell Suggs.
0: Yep, Suggs, Jones, monster.
1: So let's let's not get it twisted, man. And especially, look, everyone wants to beat him up. Nobody's scared of Tannehill. Yeah, you are said. able to – this isn't like he was running into, you know, uh, a, a light box. They know who's getting the ball, bro. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like what Derrick Henry was able to do this year is – it's amazing. Super. We impressive. haven't seen – Bro, we haven't seen the <clears throat> the one team that I find it kind of ironic. The one team that actually is doing what the Titans are doing, but because they have multiple running backs doing it, it doesn't get as much clout um, is what the 49ers are doing over there with their run game, because yeah. uh, they've got a stable a stable of running. Bro, they, they, they got. They lost one Coleman. last
0: night. They lost Coleman last night to an injury, but you okay. still got. Or was it and Morse? I mean,
1: Mozart. Morse. I don't know why I always say yeah, Mozart. Yeah. Fun, fun fact, Chip Kelly cut him in like 2015. He led our preseason four-game stretch with like 300 yards. And they were like, mm, yeah, we can't find a spot for you here, though. Good luck. I mean, he got cut by a whole bunch of other teams, too. But, you know, he's tearing it up right now. Um, So, <clears throat> I think championship week went about how we, were, how we expected it. I mean, I didn't think Green Bay was going to be able to go in and beat the 49ers. Uh, their, pass, their pass blocking is terrible, and they're going against what I think is the best defensive line in football.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so I knew they were going to struggle there, and they can't stop the run, which is what the 49ers do best. So that was just a terrible matchup, and I did not think they were going to get their you know, doors blown off the way they did. I thought Aaron Rodgers might— It wasn't even close. No,
0: the the oh, final score those, with it being twenty, it wasn't even close.
1: Nah, that that game was never never in doubt. And then, I mean, can we say enough about Patrick Mahomes?
0: That's all I was gonna say. Can we can we talk about the young man?
1: Listen, third this year young in the league, good. he good good. Yeah,
0: this impressive.
1: Dude, bro, Patrick Mahomes, turn this down too, cause I know your wife's a Chiefs fan. I can't be hearing her say this. I got my <laughs> Jerry Rice 49ers jersey ready for the Super Bowl, but we'll get to that. I digress. Uh, man, what Patrick Mahomes is able to do on the football field, that shit just ain't fair. That
0: that, that run play where he, he okey doke the defensive lineman, looked him off backwards, then ran still, it up the sideline, got hit by three dudes, and still made it in the end zone?
1: Here's my thing, though. Here's my thing, right, in that instance. And I'm not saying that the defender did this, but they are so... Prone to protecting these quarterbacks now. Anytime they get close to the sideline, it's like, oh shoot, be careful, he's going out of bounds. Don't yeah. pop him. This is why, if I'm a defensive player, I'm still decleting your ass. Yeah. Give me the fifteen. But bro, you ain't about to be here tight in the sideline, being like, I'm gonna go out, I'm gonna go outside. Yeah. And then go, and then go for the touchdown. That's not yeah. about to happen. Um. What it comes down to is the Titans did a. The Titans defense actually played a good first half. They did. The problem is when you have. Andy Reid as a coach, offensive genius, we all know that. Did it in Philly for a whole bunch of years with McNabb and them boys. When you have him as an offensive genius, you have Patrick Mahomes as Aaron Rodgers 2.0, there's only a matter of time before this man figures out what you're doing.
0: Yep. And once once, and he, once he gets loose,
1: out, it's over. But Felicia. He going to tear you up.
0: And Kelsey didn't have that big of a game.
1: It's just listen. I give credit to the Chiefs for this, right? Everyone wants to look for the prototypical six foot four wide receiver number one, and Kels pretty much is that for them. Right. But um, what I love the Chiefs, what I love about the Chiefs' office is they said, "All right, who do we have? Mahomes, a hose for an arm, yep. can make all these different types of throws. What does he need? He needs speed. Mm-hmm. So they go out there and they give him speed." Man, their wide receivers could probably represent the USA as the for the Olympic track team. Yeah, you've got Tyreek Hill running, you know, straight go routes all the time. My man falls down, picks himself back up, and still outruns DBs. Catches running Who's backs. Who's coming to tackle him? Yeah. insane. Like it, Then you got Nicole Hardman, the rookie from Georgia, out there returning kicks. Um, and it's only a matter of time before he wiggles free. Uh, Mr. Sammy Watkins couldn't stay healthy for seven years. All of a sudden, he found the fountain of youth. I know you're tight. He's having you know 150 yard games uh, when they need him, too. There's just so many weapons on this offense. We haven't even touched to the running backs. I know they don't have star studded running back room, but they got some running backs that can catch it out of the backfield with both Williams and the other Williams. Uh, McCoy was inactive. Uh, so I, it, it'll be nice to hopefully see him play in a Super Bowl. I would like to see him and Andy Reid uh, finish the job there but that chiefs team is scary. Now what I will say is this. I think that people are from what the chiefs have been doing, that dramatic 24 point comeback, they were down 10 to the Titans. I would not play that game with the 49ers. Yes. If you think is that you're going to if you think you're going to get down 10, 15, 20 points and Shanahan and them boys and that defense over there with Sherman and that defensive line is disgusting I mean granted they lost a whole bunch and was able to draft first round uh defensive linemen every other year between you know Buckner and Bosa and they still got Solomon Thomas on the bench um they've got studs at linebacker that defense is no joke so I do think I do think the 49ers have a really good shot of pulling this game out because I think overall their team their team has no weaknesses the only thing I can say is it'll be very interesting because we know Patrick Mahomes can make big plays we know he's not gonna choke we've seen him come back from 24 points down
0: and we know he's not gonna turn the ball over
1: but Jimmy G we've never seen him do this mm-hmm. I mean even last night he threw the ball nine times yep. nine times so it'll be interesting if they get into a bit of a shootout cause against the Chiefs bro I don't care how good your defense is you gotta put up points yep yeah. So I'm very interested to see if the Chiefs, once they make their push and start putting points up on the board and figure out what the defense is doing to them, if Jimmy G can then respond with a couple moments of his own and and put the team on his back. Because I do see it coming down to if Jimmy G can make the necessary plays out there on the on the field via, you know, the long ball or whatever, um, if they're going to be able to pull that game out. But I'm, I'm hyped, bro. I'm hyped. This is it's going to be
0: a great... Great Super Bowl. Let's not forget that Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator for the Falcons when they blew that twenty-eight to three lead yeah. to the Patriots.
1: But, but let's hope but he, it,
0: he learned from that.
1: But in fairness, I love Andy Reid. He is no Belichick.
0: No one hundred percent. I agree with you. But if you're gonna take a lead and you think you're gonna be able to run it over and over again. We all know that the the Chiefs can put out points in bunches and in under five minutes they can score 28 points and the whole game is flipped
1: around. I hear you, but the thing that the reason why I feel like if the 49ers get the lead, they can run the ball out is because they do it so different than any other team in the league that it's really like you can see them on film and go, okay, cool, they have the best. He literally shouldn't be allowed to line up as an inline blocker. This kid Kittle, Monster. he's a he, he's a tackle. Yeah. he's a tackle. When he gets on the outside, these poor fucking linebackers and safeties and cornerbacks no, get sir. steam yeah. manhandled. Mm-hmm. Like he just he's laughing when they mic him up. He laughs as he's driving yeah. them into the ground. It is ridiculous how strong that man is. And then they have Kyle Husek. Is that how you say his last yeah. name? Yeah, I think it's Juszczyk, something, like something like that. Anyway, yeah. listen, right? This guy at fullback is a problem mm-hmm. because he's not just one of those meathead fullbacks that's like, I run the ball, I hit people. No, he can catch out of the backfield. He can run routes, and they use him. At...
0: Now, the Chiefs have one of their own, too, in Sherman. But
1: think, he's bro, not the same. Not,
0: it, it's kind of, you know, one. There's no
1: Kyle Juszczyk, bro. One, but this two... guy is... This yeah. guy is—he's the overall is, number when one. When it comes to fullbacks, when it comes to fullbacks, he is that dude. Yes, he is. I and and they do—they do a whole bunch of, uh, of of concepts with him coming and wham blocking, you know, hitting linemen mm-hmm. uh, blind—not blindside because that's illegal now—but you know, uh, running across the formation and getting these blocks out. Man, that running attack that they have with with, like you said, I know Coleman's out, but Brita Mozart. Getting Debo Samuel's the ball in space, who's basically a running back at the wide receiver position. Kittle, these guys have a lot of weapons. So now, the one thing that the Chiefs
0: have to clean up, though, because it won't fly in the Super Bowl. You got to clean up those penalties. Those defensive penalties were killing them at the beginning of the game. They got to clean that up going into to Miami.
1: Yeah, so this will be interesting, man. I'm definitely hyped.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a great game can't wait to see it that's our episode for tonight guys we thank you for listening well sorry for today that's our episode we thank you guys for listening
1: We're We're,
0: we're sorry for being off for so long we will be bringing you guys more and more content we will catch you guys next week and enjoy this week peace